0: Welcome to my Love Life podcast, episode number 168, The Power of Cleanliness. It's December 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, podcaster, and more. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. My music is by Howie Moscovich. The power of Cleanliness. This is an interesting topic and a challenge for many people, more people than you might realize. But before I dive in, let me just say a couple housekeeping items. Number one, please visit my website and enter my giveaway. Twenty twenty four is right around the corner, and hopefully by uh, end of January, February, I will be able to have my IT guy use the device that picks the winners for the giveaway, so I can get. The prizes shipped in February, worst case, early March. I mean, I'm I'm moving locations and that should help me with lots of areas, but at any rate, enter my giveaway. And my disclaimer is I'm not a therapist or medical health professional in any capacity and none of my content is intended or designed to be medical or therapy advice. You should get medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. If you know anyone who is in the deaf or hard of hearing community, I would appreciate it if you would let them know I have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, which is RSS.com. The transcripts, by the way, were originally uh, created for hearing people, so it's definitely valuable for hearing people because you can print out the transcript, make notes, make notes, and put this in your in your packet. Uh, Lastly, but not least, if you're feeling suicidal, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is help available. My request is just buckle down, take the help that's available. I personally believe if you understood the significance of the trauma and negative events that have happened to you, you would start to feel a whole lot better about yourself. You could actually start to feel proud that you've made it this far, but make that call if you need to. All right. The dictionary definition of clean as an adjective is free from dirt marks or stains, moral and also morally uncontaminated, pure innocent as an adverb it is so as to be free from dirt marks or unwanted matter, and it is used also as an adverb to emphasize the completeness of a reported action, condition, or experience. And as a verb, it means to make something free of dirt, marks, or mess, especially by washing, washing, wiping, or brushing. So, we, we know what clean is right there's different there's different levels of clean there really are but before I dive into this topic uh, where I'd like to start or is to really just take a little peek at the research now it was very interesting because going into PubMed was a, a nightmarish task on on clean and cleanliness because cleanliness is a medical, issue for hand washing, sterilization of equipment, and so on, you know, in hospital and, and, and clinical practices. So there were tons of citations that really didn't apply to what I was looking for, including some very interesting things from the late 1800s, early 1900s. So that that was a it was a little bit of a chore. So I'm going to give you some high points. I'm sure there's probably a lot more interesting research, but it was just too too difficult to find, to be honest. And I believe research is important to a certain level. And if it gets to be too complicated, I'm probably out. So interestingly enough, here's a couple high points from the research though that I could find. So people typically with clean houses from the research are healthier than people with messy houses. And in one research study, women who described their living spaces as cluttered or full of unfinished projects were more likely to be depressed and fatigued than those women who described their homes as restful and restorative. In another interesting research piece, Princeton University researchers found that clutter can actually make it more difficult to focus on a task. Uh, A survey conducted by the National Sleep Foundation. So this is a survey. Surveys are different than research studies. So a survey is different, but this is a survey conducted by the National Sleep Foundation found people who make their beds every morning are 19% more likely to report regularly getting a good night's sleep. And they are also, 75% of those people are, of the people surveyed, said that they got a better night's sleep when their sheets were freshly laundered because they felt more comfortable. In the health benefit realm, Cleanliness and being clean has been associated with reducing allergens in the environment, reducing molds in the environment, reduce, a reduced risk of injury, and that would be from falling or otherwise tripping or whatnot, uh, reduced stress, and it certainly will help reduce bugs or pests of, of, of variety. The other interesting thing about the research was that according to the research, having a clean and organized environment is good for mental health. So it provides a sense of control and that it can also reduce overstimulation. And when you reduce overstimulation for people, typically it allows people then to increase their focus or increase their ability to concentrate. So as a result of all of that, the researchers are saying that cleanliness and having a clean and organized environment reduces anxiety and reduces mood mood swings and adds stability to people's mental health. A 2014 study on mindfulness found that if you were mindfully washing dishes, that was the the study they did, that yielded a 27% reduction in nervousness and a 25% improvement in mental inspiration. So mindfulness, which I just did a podcast on being mindful or being present, it's very good for your health. It's it's very good for you in all kinds of ways, as I discussed in the podcast. But it was interesting in this study in 2014 that they used washing dishes. And so people were just, they were inhaling the fragrance of the dish soap. Not a fan of that, but... And, and mindfully just being present to the washing of the dishes. And if you do any kind of cleaning and you're not ruminating, brooding, overthinking, catastrophizing, and doing all that while you're cleaning, well, you could really become relaxed. It's one of the reasons why people do it. So that gives you some ideas that being clean and organized or cleanliness is good for your mental health, it's good for your emotional health, and it's clearly also good for your physical health. Now, if it's taken to the extreme, when being clean is taken to the extreme it can then become a disorder and it and the disorder is obsessive cleanliness disorder so in this podcast I am not recommending that you become obsessive about being clean and organized I mean you can be and for people who have OCD you might be like listen if you have OCD you can deal with OCD you can set up your life around it and not have it be a catastrophe. Or you could try cognitive behavioral therapy or lots of other, uh, you know, different treatments. But I'm not talking this podcast of you, you know, flinging yourself to the extreme. Cleanliness and being clean and organized is like everything else. It's on a continuum. At one end, we've got the obsessive cleanliness disorder, which is a disorder. That's actually, that's like past the end. That's like past the end. And on the other side of the extreme, which is also past the end, is hoarding. So I do want to mention hoarding for a moment on, in this topic of cleanliness and being clean and organized. So hoarding in the U.S. affects somewhere between 5 million to 14 million people. I want you to notice the wide spread of that numbers, of those numbers, 5 million to 14 million. That's almost a, a threefold spread. If it were 15 million, it would be three. That's a big spread. It's, that's a bigger spread than we normally see in health statistics. And I say that it. the reason for that, in my opinion, my my hypothesis is, is because hoarding happens in a very stealth fashion. You might know somebody in, in your circle, in your posse, you might not know they're a hoarder if you haven't been to their home. And some people are very good about keeping people out of their home. They always arrange for different events at restaurants and whatnot and you just wouldn't have a clue and there's so there's there's this this stealthness to it where it's it's happening in secret which is because there's some a lot of shame and embarrassment if you are doing if you're hoarding now hoarding is a mental health disorder it's a problem it's a mental health problem and I and I do know people who have have been in that in that trap and it, it's very it's very troubling and if you know someone this is this is something that i would certainly suggest you start having conversations because people who get into hoarding are are oftentimes unable to get out of it themselves it is like an addiction it's a, it's a mental health problem and it's extremely likely they will need help to to deal with it so it's, it's a huge problem and, and it is a mental health disorder. Of course, my content is all about boosting your mental and emotional health and fitness. And everything that you can do to support that will help keep you from ending up as a hoarder, which is a, it's a horrible, horrible thing. I, I really feel bad. So I do want to also mention before I continue that everyone has different standards for cleanliness and for organization. And that's okay. I'm not proposing a uniform standard of cleanliness or being clean and organized. No, I really don't have any skin in the game for how you do cleanliness or even if you do it. I mean, if you want to be a hoarder, you can be a hoarder. You can do whatever you want. I'm not a control freak. But what's important to note is that There's varying levels of cleanliness and varying levels of organization, um, and everyone's different. So this is not, there's no hard and fast rule that, like, some acid test for cleanliness. But what you know, I think, intuitively or internally or at some level, you know that when your house, room, place, whatever, car, office, desk, whatever... Is clean and organized. You feel better when you walk into your office and your desk is all neat and organized and everything's in its place. You feel a certain way if you walk in and you've got stacks on this side, stacks on that side, posts like it gives you a different feeling. And the same thing with your car. I mean, I, 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 I you know, it's it's you you know this like you don't need to be told that. I, I'm sure now is there room for improvement? Well, where are you on this topic? I have no idea. And and different you'll be in different places. Some of you will be on on in between. Some of you are going to be like, you know, like you really need a lot of help and you know, like you're going to be all over the board. But the most helpful place to begin is for you to be honest with yourself. Take an honest look and say, is there room for improvement? Well, I could say right now, I'm, you know, I'm like I'm like staying with people. So there's room for improvement because this isn't my space. And uh, that will change next week. And I'll be able to get everything organized because I do, I do like things clean and organized, not obsessively. No, I've, I've never, I'm not prone to obsessiveness. (laughs) Certainly not um, with cleanliness. (laughs) Depending on when you come to my place, well, there, there could be a little dust and that's okay with me, but it's generally clean and organized generally always. And for sure, I I love it that way. So is the cleanliness in your environment, is it a problem? Well, I don't know. But if it's a problem, you could set a goal and get to work on it. But before we talk about making any changes, your job is to just make some assessment, listen to this podcast, let the words flow over you. Because right now I'm going to talk to you about the most common or some of the top reasons why being clean and organized is a problem for you if it's a problem for you or or, or if it, or the top reasons why it's a problem for some people because there are legitimate reasons why some people have issues or trouble with being clean and organized so let's cover the top ones well number one is hoarding and that is a mental health disorder as i said which without question will require intervention I, I can't imagine someone who's in the full throes of hoarding, being able to take care of it on them by themselves. I mean, like full scale hoarding. So and and I do believe, you know that this is way more common than you think. I, I really do because you know, I have found, people to be hoarders and it really took me by surprise you can't look at somebody and think oh yes they're a hoarder they're not necessarily going to dress poorly or be unclean or anything else you there might not be any telltale signs so that's number one is hoarding number two some people develop an attachment to material items now this is not unusual it's not irregular and it's not even necessarily a problem the only time it becomes a problem is is when your material items exceed your living space or your housing space or the, the amount of material items be, in and of itself become a problem. And I think I can remember way back in the day, one of the TV talk shows talking to people whose houses were neat and clean, but they had one, two, or three storage units of items that they had in storage. So to me, that's an excessive attachment to material items. So this is something you can deal with. But, but people develop this for reasonable reasons, which I'll get into in the suggestions. So having an attachment to material items can be a problem in terms of keeping things clean and organized. Number three, overwhelm. Overwhelm incapacitates some people. Like overwhelm is this feeling that takes people out of the game of life. For some people, overwhelm is chronic and and it's a perpetual state that they are left exhausted and too tired to clean or too tired to function. Now, overwhelm, I do have a podcast on and I have a YouTube video. You can look at the video and see, you can die. overwhelm in my opinion is a construct that your brain can learn if you diagram it. Because I, I did that. I, I wish I had known that what I was doing would actually handle the problem. I would have paid a lot more attention, but nobody told me that I was doing something that would matter. Just like so many of the things I do, I don't I don't know there's any signs behind it. I just do things, and then I find out later, oh, that was really a good thing to do. So overwhelm is a big reason. Number four, life challenges. There are times where a person has one, or possibly more, life challenges, which can be a problem. So a person could be struggling because of a life challenge, or they could be grieving a loss, or they could be holding down two jobs to make ends meet. Life challenges can interrupt our ability to function and our ability to cope, leaving some things like cleaning and organizing at the bottom of the list, if they even make the list. And that's reasonable. When you have life challenges, it's reasonable to pull back and, and just, you know, cope with life as best you can. Number five, lack of organizational skills. There are many people that simply lack organizational skills because they didn't learn them. Whether it's that they didn't learn them or it's just what whatever happened. But organizational skills are a skill that can be learned. But if you don't have them it can be a problem. And it could be thwart you from being clean and organized because you just, you wouldn't even know where to begin. Number six, depression and resignation. So depression and resignation, I have listed separately from overwhelm because not everyone who's depressed is overwhelmed and not everyone who's resigned is overwhelmed either. So depression and resignation, though I did, I did lump together for number six. And so I, I, you know, if you're really depressed, it's hard to get out of bed for people. It's hard for them to, to just, you know, get dressed or shower or go to work or whatever they have to do. Like depression takes them out of the game of life as does resignation. So resignation is the flavor of, well, why bother? Who cares? It doesn't matter anyway, which can sound a lot like depression and it probably falls under depression, but resignation is more of a resolute kind of like you're out of the game. Number seven, lack of time management skills. Number eight, lack of self-discipline. Number nine, you don't believe that it actually matters. Number 10, you never saw it role modeled. And this is a very foreign idea for you. So there are 10 common obstacles to cleanliness that are reasonably common. Interestingly enough, the one, one of the people that I know who, know who is a hoarder, Uh, had a childhood where their home was immaculate and impeccable so i i wondered at some point is their hoarding a trauma response to having to clean all the time and having it so uh, impeccable it's just it's very interesting because it's a a clear uh, contradiction in terms the way they grew up versus the way they're living so those, there's lots more objections, by the way, or obstacles to being clean and organized. There's there's 10 common ones. So now I'd like to move into what are some suggestions for you if you'd like to boost your cleanliness. Number one, I suggest that you make a list. Where do you stand on cleanliness, being clean and organized? And make some notes, like what needs to be done And get clear about your current status. That's like optimal, ideally. Uh, You could could probably do it in, in a short amount of time. But get clear about what needs to be done and where you stand on this. Number two, is this your cup of tea? And just be honest. Like for some people, it's not your cup of tea. And I recommend if it's not your cup of tea, you own it. You don't have to change everything about yourself. So you could probably find somebody to help you. I mean, you could always pay someone to clean and organize, but if it's not your cup of tea, my suggestion would be you would become much more freed up if you could own. Yeah. I, I don't mind cooking, but I, I don't like laundry. I don't like cleaning. Like it, it just would be helpful for you to own that. Just own it straight out without judgment, without condemning yourself. And and let somebody help you. I will say on this uh, idea of letting someone help you. So um, God God rest my mother's soul, my beloved mother, which are some of my fondest memories with my mother, where we would just sit and, and giggle and laugh w- over the years, were when I was helping her clean out her walk-in closet and her garage. Now, my mother's house is pretty much very clean, very well kept. It was, it was clean and organized for sure. But the two areas, you know how everybody has kind of like a junk drawer, like the two areas that would kind of get messy over time were her walk-in closet and uh, the the garage. And I love to clean and (laughs) work. I love cleaning and organizing. So way back in the day, when I noticed her walk-in closet was a little messy because of course nothing else in her house except for the garage was messy, I said, "Oh, well, how would you like a little help with that? Cuz I would enjoy that." <laughs> and of course, she laughed because she knew I would enjoy it. So, we pulled up a chair, she sat right at the doorway of the walk-in, and I would say, "Okay, what about this?" and we did, we did it, and it was just it was so much fun, like really in the and the garage the same way. So, you could have someone help you who would love it. Like, I, I just really, I love cleaning and organizing. Now, I, I didn't do that as my professional calling, although I could have, for sure. But for whatever reason, I didn't. Um, but I do enjoy it immensely. And I would easily help other people because I have. And I have done it because I enjoy it. <laughs> I'm telling you, my mother, we had so much fun. And there were times where... I would say, oh, like, are you in the mood to do your closet or the garage a little bit? And she'd look at me, roll her eyes and go, not today. Or maybe sometimes she'd go, all right, I'll give you 15 minutes. (laughs) We'd like to 15 minutes. So find somebody to help you, but own it and and don't have any shame or embarrassment. Let's just don't have, you you can have shame or embarrassment. Like If you want to have shame or embarrassment, go right ahead. But I'm telling you, you probably already know people who would love to help you. And I will say uh, on this, which I actually have in my cliff notes later on, but I'm just going to mention it right now because it fits right in, is if you can't see your way free of having somebody just help you, then barter. Barter or trade. Because there are people who love to clean and organize who don't like to cook. Or there are people who like to clean and organize, but don't like to do something else that you do. So you could find a way to barter yourself through the jobs you don't like. I'm telling you, you could say to someone, hey, could you come for, you know, two hours? I'll make you, you know, I'll do two hours worth of cooking or whatever, however you do it. You could say, come for X number of hours and I'll make you freezer, me-. like whatever, it doesn't have to be meals. You could say I'll watch your kids or I'll do whatever. You can barter and trade for those things that really are not your cup of tea. Uh, you know, so that's that's one that's one way to handle that. My next suggestion is, assuming you're still. Still on board is break down the tasks or jobs into frequency. Are they daily, weekly, once a month, once a year? (laughs) Or for some of you, it's like never. And prioritize the jobs. Like, so for example, exterior window washing and screen washing. Well, I know there are people who never do that. And I'm okay with people not doing that because it's none of my business and I don't care. But You know, if you like that, like I do like clean windows and I do like clean screens. I'm not obsessive about cleaning. So there have been many years where I didn't clean the screens. Uh, Probably, probably even some years where I missed the the outside of the windows anyway. But make a list and break it down. With the frequency, that's going to help you decide how you're going to approach it. Like some people would rather do 15 minutes a day and get it done in a week that way, or they'd rather do 30 minutes, you know, four times a week. And some people would rather just plow through it four hours, six hours, or whatever it takes. Um, it's your personal choice. But having an idea of what needs to be done and how often is certainly going to help you manage how are you going to approach it and then make make a plan and take take it on. Now, my next suggestion, number four, is if you have children living with you, and I'm talking about children, you know, Young, middle aged, adolescent, a teenage, or young adult, my strongest suggestion, strong, 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 please, 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 is incorporate them into the cleaning rituals, not with toxic chemicals, okay? If we're talking about children here, but incorporate them so that they learn these skills and you are role modeling. It also creates a team environment, it builds their life skills. It's very important. And as a parent, I do know if you've got children, you know, of whatever age, actually getting them to do the chores is a whole nother matter. I'm very well aware of that, but it can be done. And it's for your children's benefit that you stick to the plan and figure out a way to get it done. I can't tell you how many family meetings I had with my kids to discuss the chores not being done. And we always figured it out and we'd come up with solutions and whatnot. But like it's important for your kids to learn this and and understand it's important for their well-being. My next suggestion, number five, is use a reward system. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a fan of a reward system for everything. Like everything, everything, everything. Why not? Why not? I mean, like nobody's ever had a good reason why not. Because you can do it within your, your financial means. So you can use a reward system to motivate you. Like I will take X reward after I clean the bathroom or I will... Take this reward after I do an hour or, you know, whatever. So use a reward system. Now, number six, if what you set out to do doesn't work, then change it. Like when I coach people about having a reward system, sometimes the first plan they come up with for, for rewards doesn't really motivate them. It doesn't really inspire them. They thought it would, but it doesn't. Now, then we have to go back to the drawing board and say, all right, let's figure something else out because it's not providing you with inspiration. And other times they put something on their reward list and they can't wait to have it. So they're like on the task or on whatever, like a fly on pie. They can't wait. So if what you've set up in the cleaning and organization area is not work, go back to the drawing board and and revisit it revisit it as many times as needed. All right, number seven, please, please, please consider non-toxic cleaning products and supplies. Regular cleaning products, I hate to break it to you, have very toxic chemicals in them that are known to cause cancer or contribute to cancer. You could probably clean most of your environment with baking soda, vinegar, or mule Mule twenty borax, borax mule twenty, they are miracle cleaning agents. I'm not saying you won't ever have to buy, you know, a toxic, you know, hard, you know, some nasty chemical. I've I've had to do that. I I understand. I'm a regular person. And I have had to buy toxic chemicals. But for the most part, I am not a fan of that because I know the health impacts. And, and certainly, even if you are not going to involve children or young adults or teenagers or adolescents in cleaning your health, living environment, I would certainly advocate that you move to non-toxic cleaning products for the health and well-being of your children. And if you doubt me, you can go to the environmental working group and look at their research. There are children' organiza- children's organizations that talk about the health impacts. If you have any question about this, you should start looking at the increases in childhood cancer, pediatric brain tumors, and pediatric cancer and leukemia, which just continue to rise. So go for some non-toxic cleaning. Now on this, uh, not number seven, number eight, on the subject of cleaning, if you use scented laundry soap or scented chemicals or scented dryer sheets, I'm giving you something to think about. Now you can do whatever you want, but this is for you to think about because most people do not know this. So scented laundry soap and scented dryer products have chemicals that are made. They are designed to bond with your fabrics. So if you use a scented washing, you know, in your scented laundry soap in your washer, or a scented dryer sheet, or something scented in your dryer, your fabric, whatever you washed in the in that or dried in that, now the fabric has the chemicals in the fabric that is laying on your skin, which is the largest organ of your body, and those chemicals can be absorbed through the skin. Now, you might think, oh yeah, right. Well, guess what? If you take, say, you buy a a top or pants or whatever you wash them in your XYZ scented laundry soap you dry them scented dryer sheet whatever now your clothes will have that scent you can take that new pair of clothes that you just washed and wash it again in unscented I would you I've, I've done this baking soda and vinegar and no no dryer sheet you could do that 20 times. Wash it repeatedly in baking soda and vinegar to remove those chemicals and the smell with no dryer, scented dryer sheet, no dryer sheet at all. And that, those chemicals will not come out of your clothes. I, I promise you, I promise you for most of you, because I did do that. And uh, I, I was shocked. I, I, I wish I had, I lost track after 20 and sometime after 20 washes, I gave up. I said this because I was living in a home where it really, from medical purposes, needed to be an unscented, fragrance free home. That was a medical need. So we didn't use dryer sheets or scented laundry fabric, but I happened to obtain a piece of clothing from somebody else that had been previously washed in. Uh, scented laundry soap and scented dryer sheets and I thought oh that's okay I'll just wash it enough times and it will come out and it it never came out I had to I had to recycle it so some people are addicted to the scent I'm not saying it doesn't smell good I'm not saying that I, I love good smelling things too but what I love more is being healthy. And I really am inviting you to think about the fact that if you can wash clothes and then you can't get the scent out, even even if it only took five washes, but I'm not. T- I'm telling you, it took more than 20 washes and it took so many that I had to give up. I had to say, this is never coming out. Now, could it have ever come out? Well, I don't know, maybe a 50 wash, like, I don't know, but it, it didn't seem to be improving. So this is a buyer beware. You can do whatever you want, but I would really want you to think about this, especially if you have children or especially if you have, you know, older people who can be more vulnerable. But young people are very, very vulnerable to chemicals because they're still growing. So there you go. That's the word to the wise I'm requesting. Now, I've already mentioned bartering and trading and you could actually you could actually have a good time with that you could really come up with some things and you know barter with something that you enjoy or you like to do uh, my next suggestion uh, is to take big projects so you might have a messy room or closet or you might have several that's okay like, this is not the time to beat yourself up, people. This is the time for you to celebrate. Hey, look at me. I'm listening to a podcast on cleanliness, and this is one of my issues. This is the time for you to celebrate. Like, that's reward worthy right there that you're listening to this podcast. But take big projects, and you can do one of two things. So one, one approach is, is to divide the room, closet, or whatever the project is, into manageable parts. So you could do, well, we're going to do this area first and then that area and then that area. And then we're gonna... Or you can do it all at once. Now, some the reason why some people do it all at once is because then they can't, they have to finish it. Like for some people, they will take something on, tear something apart because then they're forced to finish it. I have no skin in the game, however you do it, but it's a choice. So you could break it down into manageable chunks, Or you could say, you know what, everything's coming out of that closet and we're going to clean it up. We're going to get the shelving. We're going to do whatever. And then we'll put everything back. Like it's your choice. Those are, they're they're different approaches with the same end result. But just notice whatever works for you is what works for you. And don't make yourself wrong. If you're the kind of person, you've got to rip it all out and do it all at once because you'll never finish it otherwise. Well, that's good to know. And you might have to do it that way. And you could also build your skills on finishing things and completion. So, uh, the next thing, suggestion is bringing positive emotions to the task. Now, I don't like, I change my sheets every week. (laughs) I love clean sheets. I love, love, love clean sheets. I don't necessarily love taking the sheets off and putting the next set on. That's like not my favorite part of it. I don't mind washing them. I don't mind laundry or drying or folding. I don't mind. I don't mind that. It's just not my favorite thing to take them off and put them on. My favorite thing is having clean sheets, and I'm pretty pretty rigorous, pretty self-disciplined about that, because there's just nothing better than going to bed and clean sheets. And of course, it was interesting looking at the research to see that people think that they sleep better. Well, they might sleep better because of the allergens, because of dust mites. Dust mites are one of the most common allergens in humanity. Like for people with allergies, dust mites uh, dust and dust mites are like one of the biggest, most common allergens. And you will have a lot of dust mites in your sheets and, and du- you know, just dust if you're not washing them. And I, and I do mean washing them in hot water, hot, hot water and drying them in hot water or drying them in a hot dryer, because you want to kill dust mites, you want to kill any microorganisms. And I do know that if you have 100% cotton sheets, which of course is what I use, because, you know, that's what's best for me, sleeping wise, uh, they will shrink. So you you might have to size up when you buy sheets, if you're going to wash them in hot water and dry them in in a hot dryer, which I really do recommend for killing dust mites and dust and anything else that's that, you know, could be in the in the sheets. But you can use positive emotions to provide inspiration and motivation. And this is done in, you know, all kinds of weight loss management programs in, you know, in, in athletics where you, you create this like vision board or this vision and the feelings and the happiness. So that's definitely a part of, of what you want to bring into whatever you're working on. So if cleanliness or being clean and organized, you know, needs a boost in your life Bring in the positive emotions. How will you feel when you're sleeping on clean sheets? How will you feel when your kitchen is clean? How will you feel when something's organized? How will you feel? Well, you'll feel happy. You'll feel relieved. You'll feel joyous. You might just like, you might have lots of emotions. You might be elated. Like, I don't know how you'll feel, but bring those positive emotions and attach them to the end result. And if you can see it in your mind's eye or see it visually and visualize the the progress and the end result that will go a long way to help you stay motivated. Now I did this podcast, as I mentioned, my next suggestion is, about mindfulness and being present. So I did recently, as I said, a podcast on being mindful and being present. And this cleaning, this idea of cleaning, not so much the organizational part, but the cleaning part is a great way to practice being mindful, being present. So if you're somebody who has trouble controlling your thoughts or controlling your mind, or you tend to overthink, negative think, ruminate, brood, catastrophize, you know, all that stuff, you could really use cleaning uh, of anything to practice being present or mindful. And I would highly recommend that. That's a skill set, in my opinion, you would do really, really well to have, to be present. And it's very freeing. It's it's actually very magical. It's It, it makes time stand still when you're with people. It's just really uh, amazing. And cleaning is a good way to practice. Now, if you're organizing something, no, that's probably, I mean, you can be present to what you're doing, yes. Um, But you're not going to, you know, you're going to, it's going to take your focus. If you're organizing something, you're going to have to make decisions. So actually, as I'm talking about it out loud, you're probably going to be mindful because it takes all your focus to make decisions. If you're organizing things, where is this going? Where should this be filed? Where does that go? Et cetera. So my next suggestion is there are loads and loads of free online ideas for organizing and for cleaning. So you might get some inspiration or you might get some ideas from looking on one of the social media sharing sites. So for some people, they see a, a DIY project or they see um, a room and they think, oh, wow, yes, I'd like my room to look like that. And it becomes their model that they go after. And then they're inspired. They're inspired. And so then they just go off and they're, they've got their inspiration and they go do it. So. You, you don't have to do this on your own. You can find inspiration. You can find ideas. You can find cleaning hacks, all kinds of stuff on the web, and that would be one recommendation. My next recommendation is, is really that I want you to understand if you've missed my prior podcast on neuroplasticity of the brain, If you're new, you might not realize that because of the science of neuroplasticity of the brain, you can actually rewire your brain and you can change your relationship to cleanliness if you want to. The science of neuroplasticity is a done deal. We're not going to disprove that. There's nobody that's going to come along and unprove neuroplasticity of the brain. That's done. Done, done, done. And, and so you can argue with me all you want. I'm just going to send you back to the science and say, go disprove neuroplasticity because you can't do that. You can disagree and say, oh, I can't do it. Well, yeah, you can't do anything you decide you, you can't do. But my point is with the science, what we know from the science of neuroplasticity is with the right stimuli or the right stimulus or the right actions or the right, you know, intervention or something, the right something, done repeatedly over time, you will build new neuronal pathways in your brain. That's what we know. So you could change your relationship to cleanliness and being clean and organized if you wanted to. You could. It would take intentional actions. It might take affirmations. It might take a vision board. Like who knows what it would take. I don't know what stimuli or you would need. I don't know what you would need because you're you and I'm not you. But what I promise you is, based on the science of neuroplasticity of the brain, you can change your relationship to being clean and organized. Whether you will or not is is your choice and your decision. My my last piece about this is really something that will help you in every area of your life, every single area. It will help you in the most amazing ways which is to grow your emotional abilities. Many of the things I co- covered already in this podcast that are obstacles to being clean and organized or to cleanliness have to do with emotional abilities. So I personally would love it for you to have this rich, amazing life where you're happy most of the time. And when something bad happens or something sad happens or you have a life challenge, you have the emotional skills to deal with it. And life continues to go on and you do not tank. That what, what would be more amazing than that? I don't know. I mean, people are literally jaws dropped that I'm like doing like the way I'm doing because I had this nearly fatal car accident uh, on Labor Day. Well, because I have the emotional abilities, people, because I practice what I preach, I started processing my emotions the day the accident happened you know with with some humor <laughs> i know yes i i there are, yeah the, yes i did and and i cried i cried for like five or more weeks not a lot like 5 to 10 minutes limited crying um, but it was very therapeutic. So I do know how to manage and process my emotions, especially the hard ones. I've had, a, I've had a lifetime of trauma and a lifetime of hardship, but it hasn't taken me out of the game. I mean, certainly I'm in a depressing situation because I'm not living on my own, because I, I, you know, I'm, that'll change next week. But that's depressing not to be on my own, and it's depressing not to be able to walk normally. You know, I'm waiting for a new pair of shoes and the boot I have is really hurts my foot if I walk in it too much. So I have some depressing situations or some depressing circumstances. Certainly it was depressing being in a rehab facility for a month in the hospital for a month, but I wasn't depressed because I know how to deal with life. Like I know how to deal with my emotions. It's a it's an amazing thing to have emotional skills. It's like, I, I of course, didn't know until 2022 that I had emotional, I, I didn't even know until last year, last summer, that I had emotional skills of any magnitude. Like, how would I know that? So for you as a human being, growing your emotional skills will change your life in a very positive way, boost your mental health, emotional health, and wellness, and help you with being clean and organized, which is why it's in here. Now... To help you to that end, I do have a free emotional processing workbook on my website. And it's version 5.0 right now. I'm working on a cover, a table of contents, and another checklist to add. So version 6.0 will will probably be up in early January 2024. Um, the cover, I got the graphics for the cover this week. They're, it's very nice. It's edible, editable so we can change the version number. Um And then my IT guy will put it all together as a PDF and put it on the website. But growing your emotional abilities, you will never regret. And And it's not that difficult. I've had people go through the workbook. The workbook's been up since the summer or whenever it went up. And I've had people go through it. And the feedback is, no, it's not difficult. It's straightforward. Now, it'll be a little easier with the table of contents. But you really do have to go through the whole thing. So I'm trying my best... To show you how to move from the negative emotions into happiness, love, and affection, wellness, abundance, all the good stuff. And having emotional abilities, I hate to break it to you, is just one of those things. So use my free workbook or, you know, or not, but that will help you not only with cleanliness, being clean and organized, but it will help you in every area of your life. So I think, I think I've covered enough about being clean and organized. You could, you could, you could make it a 2024 goal. You could make it a goal at any time and you could actually have fun with it. I, I have a podcast about being playful and fun and I, I am a fan of that, people. Like, like you, you could, how could you make cleaning fun? Oh, please. We well, could make a little contest out of it. You could certainly use a reward. I mean, listen, I, You have to start using some imaginative skills or imagination, but you could make cleaning and organizing more fun than not. But anyway, I hope that's helpful. I think that's enough to get you thinking. And I hope that you are doing well. I do love you. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 168, the power of cleanliness. I hope you got some ideas on cleanliness and the power of being clean. If this is an area where you're stalled or stuck or thwarted, And I definitely hope you will subscribe to my podcast so you get the new ones automatically. Of course, you wouldn't want to miss one. And definitely share this podcast with social media. We have people on social media with your friends and family. We have people struggling with this area. This is a big struggle for some people. I hope you're doing well. I love you. Hang in there for now.